Welcome to the Tamarin Learning Podcast, where host Dr. Kirby Ross Plock speaks with experts on many topics relevant in the ultra high net worth family wealth management space. Kirby is author of several books, including The Complete Family Office Handbook, and shares her expertise consulting with families and family offices. Kirby is also the founder of Tamarin Learning, an online wealth education platform that develops practical, foundational learning programs for beneficiaries to help them prepare for responsible stewardship of wealth. Welcome to the Tamarin Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirby Rosbach, and today we're talking about talent. I have an exceptionally wonderful guest today, Mark Summers, who's the co-founder with his wife of Summers Partnership. Now, this is an executive search firm that looks at top talent around the globe for family offices. And we're lucky enough to have Mark here today to talk about what it takes to work in a family office. And if you're a family office, what it takes to find top talent today. So Mark, welcome. We're so thrilled to have you here. Well, Kirby, thank you so much for asking me to join you. I'm absolutely delighted and uh, very much looking forward to this podcast. So. Thank you from over here in, in London. So you're you're far away from where I'm sitting today, but maybe you can tell us how did you get into the executive search field and specifically how were you drawn to or found your way to working with family offices? I'm just so curious. Well, uh, my first career was uh, in the British Army. I was an officer in the in the cavalry. Uh, and um, I was lucky enough to win a, a university uh, scholarship uh, to pay for my university uh, education from the army. Uh, and it, uh, it was a fascinating time. And, and you know, and reflecting back on it, it, the army does seem to be the ultimate people business. Uh, you learn mm -hmm. a huge amount about yourself. You learn a lot about other people. You learn about mm -hmm. leadership, trust, integrity, and all of the qualities uh, that are so important uh, in family offices. In terms of uh, how I got into executive search, when I uh, when I got married, uh, I decided I needed to settle down and leave the army. So uh, I went into executive search um, because I was keen to set up my own uh, business and use some of the skills and experience that I'd had and picked up in the in the army. Uh, and indeed, that's been the case. I started working uh, in covering the wealth management uh, section, the private banking, which was growing, and then. Clearly, as, uh, as that went on, uh, the family office uh, area over the last 20 years now has, uh, has just got bigger and bigger and more interesting and more sophisticated. Um, and as recruiters, we like to solve our clients' uh, problems and, uh, uh, and uh, produce solutions. Um, and actually, uh, what greater uh, challenge could it be to work for some of the most dynamic uh, people on the planet in terms of those that have created great wealth and, and have extremely high standards and, and interesting uh, uh, experiences? Well, you've uh, distilled a lot of this wisdom into not one, but two books. So we are so fortunate to have you because you've written the How to Work for a Billionaire, which I'm sure is invaluable to those who are stepping into those shoes for the first time or seasoned veterans who are just trying to find ways to up your game. And then I love this new book, which is so helpful for family offices who are trying to understand the talent space, family office fundamentals. This is your most recent book on, you know, creating, stepping and future-proofing your family office. So there seems to be just so much information that you have um, 
been able to pull together in this space. Tell me a little bit more about how these two different books tackle the topic of talent and the family and the family office. Well, um, firstly, uh, we were on the second book in the family office fundamentals. Uh, we were indeed uh, fortunate to have your uh, input into that. And thank you again, renewed thanks for, for your uh, contribution to that. We went around the family office uh, ecosystem globally and interviewed uh, 50 of the leaders uh, and thinkers and uh, consultants across the across the sector as well as principals um, and uh, and gathered their thoughts together and say renewed thanks to you for uh, for your contribution to it um, and how the books balance with one another uh, is um, uh, is that they they address either side of the equation so the how to work for a billionaire is written for people uh, who wish to understand more about the, uh, the challenges and, uh, uh, and benefits of working within a single family office uh, environment. So that's addressed towards the candidate side of the equation. Uh, and uh, family office fundamentals is written for uh, families who are thinking about setting up a family office or indeed have already have one and uh, are looking to strengthen the talent bench uh, and future proof uh, their family office as well. So it essentially addresses both sides of the, uh, of the equation. Well, let's start with the first side of the equation, more you know, connected to your first book. What what does it take, right? What are, what are the requirements today to work in a family office, and how might that look a little bit differently than, say, a decade ago? Well, the the, the trend that we've observed over the last decade or so with with uh, family offices and how they staff uh, how they're staffed. Uh, is that there's been greater uh, professionalization across the whole of the sector. And that actually goes down to the people that work in family offices as well. So um, each uh, search that we do and each role within a family office has a deep uh, professional uh, requirement. Uh, and uh, we look at jobs within family offices rather like a T-shaped uh, um, structure. So you have a, you have a central plinth that uh, is the deep skill uh, and then when you join the family office, your deep skill goes broader and uh, spreads out like a like a T. And um, that is one of the joys of working in the family office insofar as you can get, gain mastery of the role. You can get better and better and get wider and wider in terms of your understanding and capabilities of doing that role. So, so the uniquely within family offices, there is not the sort of normal career structure that you get in corporates. Um, and one needs to understand that before uh, embarking on a career uh, within family offices. Uh, and in addition to the professional uh, side and the skills and experiences that are so important, we also look for an overlay of other uh, characteristics, which are often, uh, some of them are, are really unlike those to be found in the corporate world. Um, so we're looking for uh, high levels of uh, EQ. Um, we're looking for trustworthiness. We're looking for discretion. We're looking for integrity. Um, which are all common in the in the fam in the uh, corporate world as well. But in addition to that, we're looking for um, a fiduciary mindset. We're looking for people who understand uh, the concept of stewardship in a really deep uh, way. Uh, we're looking for people who have um, an idea of uh, of, uh, of higher purpose and also humility and the ability to uh, fix. But puzzles and get you know get things done. Uh, we're looking for an appetite of hard work. We're looking for strength of character. We're looking for diplomacy, and 
we're also looking, I think what brings all of this together is we're looking for people who are comfortable um, in working in an environment of abundance when they come from a, uh, an environment of scarcity and people who can mentally change their thinking when they come into work about the two concepts are, is, is a particular attribute for being a successful uh, executive within a family office. That's an interesting um, last item that you leave us with because quite honestly, there's a, you know, admiration. I want to be in the inner circles of these extraordinarily powerful and wealthy individuals and families. Yet there also has to be this respect, distance, and removal of judgment, right? You know, they're so entitled or they they have so much waste or whatever, whatever it is about what they observe to compartmentalize perhaps their own personal feelings, right? Um, and really engage in a super professional and also in a, I mean, let's call it for what it is, but a risk management type of approach where you're thinking constantly about the vulnerabilities of these positions of power and wealth and influence. Oh, completely. And that and that fiduciary mindset and that stewardship uh, is very important indeed. And in fact, you remind me of, of one other attribute that uh, is also very useful uh, within the family office. And that is uh, that is a, a suspension of disbelief. Um, as you say, you know, this is the, the difference between uh, abundance and scarcity. And actually, if people wish to do things in a particular way, well, that's that's ultimately their their business. Yeah. I, I find that the way I operate when I work with so many families is that I am humbled, right, to always be able to work in these circles and to work with top talent, but recognize that I, I'm always across a veil. Like I'm never really um, going to be super well connected or super intimately connected. And I think that's a big mistake that many family office professionals and or consultants make is that they think they're um you know so inextricably linked or need to be connected and the reality is we're all on some level expendable um replaceable and and that humility i think goes a long way when working with these types of families i, I couldn't agree more in fact that's what prompted us to write the first book um which was advice to, to candidates uh, wanting to do that because we have we get so many people um, writing in to us wanting to uh, work in a family office uh, environment. And sometimes it's because they are, um, they've had enough of being on the sell side and they want to be on the buy side uh, or they want to have an easy life uh, or they've got five years left on their careers, they think, and, uh, uh, and they want to have a nice little, nice sort of gentle uh, uh, roll into retirement. And, these are things that are um, absolutely not <laughs> anything that uh, has ever appeared on any job spec that we've been given or we worked on uh, creating with the family office. Um, and because there was such a mismatch in terms of understanding of what working in family office might be like um, and uh, the realities of doing it, we went and interviewed uh, a lot of our clients. And uh, so uh, from straight from the horse's mouth, we got uh, uh, their requirements and put that into a book. Um, and the thesis of the first book is, is to candidates is, is know thyself. And if you have a good understanding of your own strengths and weaknesses, uh, and having read the book, 
you think that there's a good match, well, then you should see if you can pursue a career in a family office uh, in, the, in the sector. Uh, and if you think there might be a difference, then you know, it's probably best you take your talents and your uh, expertise uh, into another into another sphere. So let's let's flip over to the family office leadership side who might be looking to staff up or augment their team. Why is talent at such a premium at this juncture? And what is it that fundamentally you see the opportunities but the challenges to staffing a family office today? Well, uh, the, the, the people puzzles around family offices are sort of many and varied. Uh, the first is, um, is that the uh, supply of, of true talent uh, to work in family offices is extremely limited. Um, it's, uh, it's also global. Uh, it's rather like a soup bowl. It's, it's sort of very broad and very shallow in terms of a talent pool. Um, and accessing that talent pool is, is, is really quite uh, difficult. Um, so uh, finding the right people is, is, is quite a challenge. Uh, and then uh, selecting them according to the exact requirements of the family office. Each, obviously, pur the purpose of each family office is going to be different from the, uh, from the next family office. And so just because a candidate has worked in one family office does not necessarily mean that they are the right person to go and work in, in another. So defining the requirement is, um, is a second challenge after finding the, the right sort of uh, talent pools. Um, and then bringing those uh, individuals in and, uh, and making sure that they're sort of paid in the right, at the right level, um, structured in the right way, um, that they're attracted, that they're incentivized and that they're retained uh, properly is also another uh, big, big challenge to overcome for a family office. Well, certainly compensation probably looks very different across the spectrum of clients that you work with than perhaps traditional comp in, say, a wealth investment or wealth advisory firm um, or a broker-dealer product shop. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit. I know you've done so much work on the compensation side. Are there any sort of trends or best practices that you see bubbling to the top? Well, absolutely. We, so we've just completed, we've spent a year, just over a year working with a uh, uh, compensation consultancy uh, firm uh, run by a lady called Trish Botoff based in the United States. We brought her over to, uh, to the UK and Europe and, uh, uh, and persuaded 199 uh, family offices to upload their details onto, onto a report to shed a, light, you know, shed a bright light, actually, in terms of what the norms are uh, in terms of payment uh, for uh, different functions within the C-suite of the family office and at different sizes and therefore complexity of family offices. So that report has, has just been published and that was, uh, that was very interesting uh, indeed. Um, the, and, and, and pay we, we consider to be a, a hygiene uh, factor. So it's really the cost of access to uh, uh, human capital. Um, what we specialize in is, is the is finding the human capital that can deliver the most value, uh, i.e. getting the, our clients the biggest bang for their buck uh, in terms of, uh, of what those uh, the teams can deliver. Um, and we're seeking for this, uh, we're seeking this nirvana of, uh, of uh, compound talent. If you, uh, if you, everyone understands the concept of compound interest and how powerful that is, but our, our thesis is that, is that actually uh, compound talent is actually much more powerful than compound interest. Uh, and that's what we seek for our 
clients uh, to bring that on board, which is a mixture of getting great talents and experience and focusing them and anchoring them within the family office, um, and at the same time paying people um, correctly and appropriately in such a way that they are attracted to join the family office in the first place, and secondly, that they are incentivized to deliver for the family office. And thirdly, that they are uh, also retained as well, because when you've got a great uh, member of the team uh, on board, uh, you don't want to lose them in this great uh, uh, war for talent that exists uh, globally for, for good, good quality family office professionals. And tell me a little bit, Mark, when, when you're dealing with a new family office or perhaps principals and there is no existing family office, can you share some of the common pitfalls or the challenges that you observe? And I'm, I'm just guessing because you are such a thought leader, author, extraordinaire, how do you help educate them so that they aren't going under a search with false pretenses like, oh, I can just get excellent talent, maybe not compensation, compensate them adequately or incent them in the right ways and, and they'll stick with me because I'm such a, a big name or an important person. Um, so tell me more about the challenges that you see. Well, Kev, you've, hit, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head, you know, in terms of all the people puzzles that you could possibly uh, uh, be presented with. The people puzzle for uh, finding the right staff for a new family office. Bear in mind, it's an institution about which nobody really knows anything. There's no brand, there's no infrastructure, there's nothing. It's an absolute greenfield site. So to find the right people for that uh, is really difficult. And, and oftentimes, uh, we're looking to bring the right person out of a, a corporate environment where the structure is completely different and the career structure is different and, and so on. So it's, it's a, how do you bridge that gap is, is, is a real um, puzzle. So what we have done is, is we've thought about this long and hard and we've developed um, a, a process which uh, should help um, uh, families who are thinking about setting up uh, family offices to, to work out how to get the right people. Um, and it's a sequence, there's a chain you start off with and you look, at the you look at the family itself, you look at the values of the family and how those values manifest themselves in terms of time, in terms of treasure, in terms of talent. I mean, what do they do to, um, to, to demonstrate to, uh, you know, who they are and, uh, and what, what's important to them. So we'd, we'd help sort of understand that and pin down what their values are because values drive everything else in, in this chain. So we look at the values of the family, uh, then we look at the purpose. What is the purpose of the family office? Why does, what's the raison d'etre? Why does it exist? Why does it really exist? And drill down on the purpose side. Um, from the purpose, we then move on to the proposition, what it is that the family delivers to the, uh, to the benefit, so the family office delivers to the beneficiaries. Uh, you know, how, who does what for whom and by when and to what level of quality and, and so on and so forth. So what is the proposition, which is really important. And once you've got those first three things, the values, the purpose and the proposition, it's then possible to have an intelligent conversation about the kind of people that you need in order to staff uh, that uh, family office and deliver that proposition. Um, and once you've got an understanding of that with the organogram, the structure, uh, and then the job spec, and then the, the role specifications for each, each person, then you can draw out a person specification and then do an executive search across the world for those individuals. And then we've got the people 
organized, then you can move on to the pay, which underpins the whole thing. And that's what I mean by it being a hygiene factor. It follow, if the, the pay follows the, uh, the, the, the uh, people uh, from that respect. And that's the, that's the order, the sequence through, through which we go in order to try to find the, the right people. And it's the reason we wrote the book, because too often we'd be approached by someone or family thinking about setting up a family office, and they would say, well, can you find the right person for us? And we said, well, we can find people for you, but we think you'd be better served if you have gone through that, uh, that thought process before we get on to before we get on to the actual people side. And, and Mark, do you ever find that you have principals who say, oh, no, 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 we already have identified our former CFO or our accountant or our attorney or banker. Um, they're going to come fill this role. We just want you to do this search over here for X, Y, Z. Do you ever find that you're also trying to work with a rubric that wouldn't be your design? Or two, trying to speak some sense or give some wisdom of why it might not be the greatest. Um, it might feel more efficient and cheaper to pull somebody over, but maybe it's not really the right fit. Have you had that experience before? We have. We've had that experience uh, quite a lot in the past. Um, and one of the one of the sort of great trends that we've been observing is the greater professionalization of uh, family offices. And certainly, um, when we were first doing this, uh, uh, you know, almost 20 years ago now, um, uh, families would, uh, and particularly the, the principal, would pay, place a, a great deal of emphasis on finding someone uh, who they already trusted. And that would normally outweigh that the professionalism, the skills and experience that that individual would necessarily bring. Now, they'd be in the right area and it wouldn't be a total you know, uh, you know, disaster, but it just wouldn't be as enhanced a result as they could possibly get. Um, so we, we'd, we'd often see that where someone who was known uh, was placed in a position which they weren't necessarily particularly suited for. Um, and that would last for you know, a, a period of time. So what we're seeing now is that is that professionalism in terms uh, of the approach uh, engaging us to help but also the professionalism of um, the candidates that are being looked for has gone up and whereas before it was the, the process was led by trust and you know professionalism was a second secondary uh, order uh, now it's delivered the it, it, search is delivered where the professionalism and the, and the value add is much greater and the trust comes is developed and earned over time uh, but that's more of a secondary order. So that, so we have noticed that uh, that that change uh, enormously. So, Mark, if there were a couple of takeaways for those who wanted to work for a family office versus those who are staffing or looking to hire in a family office, can you give us some closing thoughts on on sort of both sides of the equation about um, the talent? premium and what, if you want to come into this space, you should be prepared. And if you're hiring in this space, you should be prepared. Maybe your wisdom would be super helpful here. Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, and well, I think it's by way of summary, um, uh, you know, if you're a candidate looking in, into the area, uh, it's really important you understand um, yourself really, really very thoroughly. You understand your motivations and what you want to uh, achieve and, and what you think you can uh, deliver within the within the sector, uh, and until you're in that position, you're not going to be a great. Uh, uh, you won't have a, a, a great deal to offer until you have that level of self awareness. Um, 
And if you're recruiting into a family office, um, it's, it's really important that one understands the, the purpose of the family. What is it there to, what is there to do and what is there to fulfill? Um, and again, if that could be defined, other things then fall into place and can be uh, uh, much simpler as a result of that. And, you know, one's less likely to, 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 to make a big error. And, and errors within, uh, staffing errors within family offices are, are, are really costly. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's one of the reasons that we, you know, supported um, uh, Trish Botoff with the, uh, with the compensation uh, survey, because we have found in the past that um, uh, uh, family offices, uh, uh, principals particularly, uh, have tried to um, uh, uh, get, a, for example, a chief investment officer uh, at, a, at a lower price than, than the market would warrant. And it, it's got to be one of the worst uh, uh, examples of, of a cost saving, because if you pay the person, you know, a few tens of dollars uh, less than, than they're worth, and then you entrust them with uh, investing hundreds of millions of pounds, uh, uh, dollars, then actually uh, it's it's a very very short-sighted uh, saving, um, which uh, is unlikely to benefit uh, the family for the long term. Very very good words of wisdom. I have to say, I I feel like the compensation is is a central theme to successful talent acquisition, onboarding, and long-term retention. So we could probably talk even more about that next time. Um, Mark Summers, thank you so much for being here today. So many incredible thoughts and ideas, and certainly you can read lots more in this book and his prior book on how to work for a billionaire. I think, you know, this conversation never gets old. We know that premium of family office talent is only um, going up, and, and we're facing a big transition. So we know more and more owners and operators are retiring and aging out and we certainly need to have more top talent coming into this space to serve this very niche um, echelon of ultra high net worth individuals so mark thank you so much i know you have some um, links below in our podcast that you can check out to find more about his books um, about his firm about the compensation studies so we are so grateful to have you here today on the Tamra Learning Podcast. This is Dr. Kirby Rosbach, and we're signing off. Thank you very much indeed, Kirby. That's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you.